Hello, this is Tom McCaffrey. Hey, this is Alex Bashera. And you're listening to Last Exit to Brooklyn on Storic Media Podcast Network. The most important podcast of our time. Right? Uh, yeah. You don't sound too sure. It's, Isn't it, it the most it, important it, podcast? It's a podcast. You're listening to a podcast. Okay. Welcome to Last Exit to Brooklyn, a podcast. Hey guys, this is Tom McCaffrey. Welcome to the show, Last Exit of Brooklyn. Um, this is a little different one because I'm flying solo. Uh, so I'm not going to be talking to anyone. I'm just going to be me talking alone. So um, I know my voice, some people think my my voice is annoying, um, which I guess it can be. I, I, I listen to it sometimes and I'm like, uh, I don't know if it's just me. Like everyone has that, but because I, I always hear people say like, oh, I listen to my voice. Oh, it's the worst. I can't listen to it. But, I mean, like, does everyone like does Morgan Freeman have that? Oh, God, I can't. I can't hear it. But I think my voice is weird. Uh, I've had people send me uh, hate tweets about it. Like, you know, I've done some podcasts that have a fan base and then they'll uh, tweet that they hate me because <laughs> of my voice. So. So if you don't like it, I guess just don't listen to it. Um, so uh, first to start out, uh, I usually do this with uh, Alex Bashir or Eric Bronstein. Uh, they're busy today, though. Um, please rate and review. We're on Stork Media Podcast Network now. It's pretty exciting. A lot of cool people are on it. Alice Cooper has a show on it. And Melissa Rivers, uh, and then Gina Dialogue guys, uh, and us. So this week, um, uh, just a few things I want to talk about. I actually uh, called a psychiatrist this week because I'm trying to get on, uh, you know, antidepressants. I'm on antidepressants, but I'm trying to get on different ones. And uh, it was funny because when I called the psychiatrist to make an appointment, the receptionist was really mean. It was this woman. She was really bitchy, and she just was really surly and mean. And um, I could, you know... I was trying to just put up with it, but when she like told me, okay, it's $300. I was like, I, I think I said, her, I was like, you're really rude. I can't, I, just, I can't give you money. I just, but it was funny to me that <laughs> a psychiatrist, like if you're a psychiatrist, why, why would you hire like a, an asshole to answer the phones? Is that really the business where you should have a shitty person manning the phones and taking calls from people who are seeking help? Like, it makes sense if it's, like, uh, the DMV or, like, you know, a casting director. Like, you should have an, an asshole answer because it's just kind of – they're not trying to make friends. But, you know, I just, it's just funny. <laughs> I can imagine – I'm just trying envisioning someone who, like, has crippling depression and has been in bed for 10 years and has finally summoned up the courage to call a psychiatrist and ask for help. And they call and, like – you know, they fuck basically, you know, you know, uh, Rhea Perlman's character from uh, Carla from Cheers answers and starts yelling at you. Person's like, oh, okay, forget it. They hang up and just like, I'm just going to go back to bed for the next 20 years. I just feel like that's, like I said, it's not a place where you should be having assholes um, taking the calls from people who are, you know, reaching out for help. So that happened. That was kind of funny. 
Um, been reading a lot about LA. Apparently, LA is in free fall, uh, which is kind of nice. Actually, I'm kind of it's kind of funny hearing because I, I I really don't like LA. I think it's a bad place. I talked a lot. I was actually I, I saw the comedian Joe DeRosa a few nights ago, and he he was telling me because he left LA recently. He hates it. And we were just nothing better than uh, running into an East Coaster and uh, just going back and forth about uh, how much you hate LA. I just, LA is—I don't know if you've been there. It's a—it's a very there's there's like a dark energy there. I think it's just because there's a lot of broken dreams. And when you think about, it, there's only like four people doing well in LA. So, and then everyone else is just kind of like on the brink of going into porn. It makes sense to me that that's where porn started because that's basically what LA represents it's kind of someone who's like, I got to, you know, I, I just need attention. I just need to go somewhere and like have people, uh, you know, notice me, you know, and, and then they can't get anywhere. And someone's like, Hey, would you want to blow like a dog, you know, and I'll film it and, you know, make you famous. Yeah. All right. That sounds good. I'll do that. I just want to be famous. It doesn't matter what I'm doing. Um, I do think it's weird. I feel like when you just rather not be famous than, be blowing dogs. I guess there's other kinds of, por- I don't, you know, I don't think that I watch porn where people blow dogs. I actually don't watch that. I don't watch it. I live it. No. Um, but, oh yeah, so LA's in free fall. I was, um, I, uh, Hollywood's an interesting town. I was watching uh, a uh, interview with some famous actor. And I love how, um, in this interview, some actor was saying how, you know, acting is really hard and it's actually one of the hardest things in the world to do. And I was thinking like, I hate when actors say that acting's hard because I don't think acting is hard. I've acted uh, not well, but I mean, I've acted in things and, um, and the, the, the point I'm making is like, I've seen babies act like, you know, you, you really see a movie and there's like a baby in the movie. Um, yeah, if 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 a baby can also do your job, then that's not a hard job. You know, like if you're if you're in the same industry where there's also babies working and getting paid, then yeah, it's not that doesn't work with with other hard jobs like like if you're a doctor, like oh, did you get that doctor job? No, no, they gave it to a baby. Uh, oh, yeah, apparently babies can do my job. Apparently, it's not that hard. It is amazing that there are baby actors. Um, and when you see babies acting, they're they're always like good because they're always completely genuine because they they have no idea what's going on. So you know they're always like crying, and it's always real. It's not like fake crying, and whatever they're doing is totally real. So I think it'd be funny like if one day like if a baby had like a prominent role in a movie, if like a baby won an Oscar, wouldn't that be funny? <laughs> like there's like five people up for an award, and a baby wins. You know, he beats out like Daniel Day Lewis. Afterward, you know, everyone has to act like excited and the baby's crying, you know, not, not because it's happy just cause it's like, you know, pissed off cause it's up late. Just gives this horrible speech. <laughs> it can't even like hold, hold its head up after the awards ceremony. Like, you know, the people who lost are like, man, that, that's fucking baby. That shouldn't have won. His speech was terrible. Just kept, you know, asking for his mommy and, threw up on Brad Pitt at one point. Jeez, that was very unprofessional. I do not think babies should win Oscars. I think 
they're just not ready. They they just don't even know what's going on yet. You shouldn't, you know, you shouldn't win an Oscar until you know what an Oscar is. That was my impression of the person taught, who lost in this <laughs> Um I also think it's funny like when you when you watch the Oscars and people who are nominated for an Oscar don't go to the Oscars. <laughs> I was I've always thought that's really funny cuz it's like you're nominated for an Oscar. Like you're like you're not going to the like what else? What could you possibly? What else could you possibly have had going on that night that you just didn't go to the Oscars? You know, like hey, you're nominated for uh, best actress, right? You going to the Oscars? No, no, I'm not going to go. I have Pilates that night. Yeah, I'm not going to go to the Oscars. It's parent teacher night. Yeah, I'm actually hanging out with friends. Yeah, we're gonna, I'm going to an Oscars viewing party, so I can't go to the Oscars. So ballsy, and then it's funny when they win, and they don't. They're not, and the winner is. Uh, oh, they're not here. Yeah, they did. They didn't come. They, they they literally live a mile away. They couldn't come to the Oscars. Literally the biggest thing in the world. They couldn't make the trip. The other people there lost. Oh yeah, that that must hurt. That must be really embarrassing. Like you're to be there and you lost and the person who won isn't even there. You're like, fuck man. Now I just look like a desperate dick. Um, I've been watching a lot of movies. Uh I'm I'm a big movie guy. Uh I like movies. I even like bad movies. Um, like a lot of times, you know, I'll be scrolling through and I'm like, oh, I want to watch a movie. And I, I won't even look for good movies. It'll be like, like uh, I just watched, uh, well, I just watched uh, The Warriors, which that's not a bad movie. It's a good movie. I've seen it a million times. It kind of ages, not that great. But, uh, and uh, one thing I think is really funny about The Warriors, it's a movie from like 1979 where, cause, and the whole premise is that there's this gang that, uh, get stuck in the they're from coney island and they get stuck way out in the bronx and they have to go back to coney island and every other gang is trying to kill them and uh they can't get back home because the, the trains keep getting sabotaged and stuff and and they're just like oh what are we gonna do what do you and i one thing i there's a big loophole in that movie or not loophole there's a big flaw um like why don't they just steal a car I, they're they're a gang they're supposed to be kind of this vicious gang and the whole time they show them like beating the shit out of people. At one point someone tries to, you know, uh, rape someone in the park, you know, they're like, they're clearly, you know, very alpha and vicious and they're in a situation where they think they're going to get, they're going to get killed and you're a gang, just steal a car. Like, <laughs> uh, we're the most vicious gang in the world. How are we going to get home? We have to do this by the rules. We're going to go, to, we're going to take the train and we're going to pay for it. There's a scene in the words actually at the beginning where they show a gang getting on the train. They show them putting tokens in the train, like in the line, like it's a class trip. Another kind of flaw. But I always thought that was fun. And I saw another movie, uh, Judgment Night uh, with Emilio Estevez, which is, I, is another kind of bad movie. Jeremy Piven's in it, Stephen Dorff, Cuba Gooding Jr. <laughs> Which is interesting. I don't know if you heard about Cuba Gooding Jr. He, um, some new rape charges out. That guy really got fucked up, fucked over, man. He's done. Um, it's funny. I was watching, rewatching Boys in the Hood, and it's like the complete opposite of that movie. The world now is just the complete opposite of that movie because in it, it's like Cuba Gooding Jr. is like the the nice good kid who's trying to get out of the hood, and Ice Cube is this horrible gang member who just 
does horrible things and in the real world ice cube is just like family guy who seems like the nicest guy in the world cuba Gooding jr is just raping everybody like jeez it's so crazy how movies and real life don't seem to be the exact same thing but oh so judgment night you know and judgment Night is another one it's like the warriors kind of where it's that that genre of movie where the um you know, it's like a group of people get stuck somewhere and they, you know, they're, they can't get away and people are after them trying to kill them. judgment night is, uh, there's four guys, they're stuck in a bad neighborhood and you know, they, they can't get out of the neighborhood. I think it's funny whenever you see those movies where there's stuck some group of people stuck in a bad neighborhood and they don't know what to do. It's just like, why don't you guys just walk for like 30 minutes? That's kind of how you get out of bad neighborhoods. You know, they're like, oh, my God, what are we going to do? This neighborhood's really bad. Like, I don't know. Why don't you guys run for, like, a little while? You know, no, we can't do that. Why don't we just stand here and, you know, get really mad, get really scared? <laughs> That's literally what they do for, like, like 20 minutes. They're like, man, this is so bad. What are we going to do? Let's call the cops. Oh, man. I've been in bad neighbors. I just, I just run out of them. I guess that's not as good a movie. Just, did you see that movie where they... They got stuck in that neighborhood, and then they oh, what what happened? Oh, then they just ran, and then they they then they got away, and then they got a car. They called a cab. Oh, that's a bad movie. Yeah, no, it was realistic though. I was watching Point Break. It's another movie I love with Keanu Reeves, the the old one, not the new one. The one with um, Keanu Reeves and Patrick Swayze. Um, I love that movie because, you know, first of all, there's so many unbelievable things about it. Uh, Keanu Reeves is supposed to be an FBI. He's a lawyer. I'm a lawyer. And I actually, I have to admit, whenever I watch Point Break and um, Keanu Reeves would say he was a lawyer, I was like, thought that sounded cool. And I was like, man, I, I would love to say I was a lawyer too, like, like um, Johnny Utah in that movie. So basically, I went to law school because of Point Break. Uh, I'm like 30% kidding. Um, I love it because, you know, he's, he totally is right after Bill and Ted. There's a new Bill and Ted movie coming out and um, it's right after, you know, he had done Bill and Ted and he totally sounds like a surfer valley during the whole movie. They're like, hey, we want you to go undercover like to surf, you know, and he's like, uh, who's going to believe me as a surfer? He keeps talking like that. It's like everyone, you look and sound exactly like a stone surfer. He's like, no one's going to believe that I'm like a guy who surfs, man. That's my Keanu Reeves impression. Uh, then there's a, there's a lot of funny things about it. Uh, first of all, in, in Point Break, um, he's trying to get into the uh, go undercover in the surf world. First of all, I love these movies. Whenever they need to go undercover, a cop, it's always like in a really cool industry or wherever they have to go undercover. And like, um, like you need to go undercover. Uh, you got to go out there and surf and skydive. That's the only way you'll get into this group, you know, or like Fast and the Furious, the first one. Oh, you got to go undercover. You need to race these really cool cars around on the street. Oh, man. It's always like a badass undercover thing. But anyway, when he's trying to go undercover uh, with the surfers, there's a part where he meets, uh, well, you know, John, uh, Patrick Swayze, and they're playing football. That's how he kind of gets in. And they're playing football for like 10 minutes. And then, like, all the surfer guys are like, Hey man, well, I remember you. You're Johnny Utah. You you were on the Ohio State Buckeyes. You know, he's, they recognize him as this like college 
a football star who was like a quarterback and he was like a really big deal. And, and they're like, you know, such a big deal that they recognize him like years later. And um, they're huge fans. And then it's never mentioned again. <laughs> like they're like man we, we loved you so much as a football player you were the greatest man never once another part where they're like hey remember, what was it like when you played this and you know what i mean it's just like man you were the greatest football player in the world we all loved you yeah let's never talk about that again then another big flaw i found in point break is the whole movie they keep you know the whole thing is they they're bank robbers and they're they're robbing banks so that they can make money to go to the beach somewhere somewhere <laughs> like they keep saying at the end they're like yeah we need to rob this bank we're gonna go to mexico and like live off the money and like go to the beach and sit margaritas it's gonna be great and they like go you know go to all this trouble and they're like killing cops you know to do it and it's like what why do you why did you need to go through all this process to you know go to the beach in mexico and drink margaritas you guys literally live at the beach now <laughs> you're at the beach every day just go buy some margaritas and bring them to the beach you're at now they're like man this this life where we're at the beach every day and sipping margarita you know well i, I don't know i never see them sipping margarita. Oh, we're at the beach we gotta we gotta get some money so we can go to another beach and get margaritas like is mexico the only place that they have really good margaritas at this one place or something yeah, there's just a lot of uh, plot holes in Point Break. Um, yeah, there's this one plot hole at the end, too, where uh, <laughs> Patrick's ways he sucks. No, just gets, he's actually good at it. Um, the other thing is that uh, Patrick Swayze's characters named Bodies, and they're supposed to be, you know, he's supposed to be like, they call him Bodhisattva, which is supposed to be like a very Zen terms and Buddhism. And, you know, he's very spiritual, but, you know, but he's into robbing banks for, on his off time. Like, that's not how like Zen people operate. I'm very spiritual. I'm very Zen. Let me. Where's my machine gun? I'm gonna go. Uh, I'm gonna go rob a uh, a bank. Yeah, I'm gonna go rob a bank and then go buy margaritas. Um, another movie I just watched was uh, Beverly Hills Cop. I just rewatched that. Um, it's a good movie. Uh, a lot of funny things about that. It's kind of a, a very dated, well, not dated, like 80s movie, 80s action cop movie. I don't know if, are they going to make funny cop movies anymore? It's really, I mean, it's, it's funny because it's a funny cop movie and it's a black guy who's a cop, you know, and it's like, I don't know, can you do that now? Or <laughs> can you make funny cop movies? <laughs> oh man, this cop's so funny. It's like, no, because everyone's mad at cops. But there's one thing, I, this is a big trope I've, I've, I, that's in a lot of 80s cop movies and it's in Beverly Hills Cop where um, he has this um, lieutenant who, you know, like the head of the precinct and he's like always mad at, at Eddie Murphy. Like there's a scene at the beginning of Beverly Hills Cop where he's trying to bust some guys who are like selling cigarettes or something and he and it's for like $3,000 and uh, he doesn't, he's undercover. Again, he's undercover and um, just like point break. And uh, they, they go on some police chase in the cigarette truck. And it's this like five minute police chase where he, they're, they're in this like um, tractor trailer truck. 
and Eddie Murphy's hanging onto the back of it, and they're just like destroying the entire city of Detroit in the process. Like literally, the the truck like runs into like, and I'm not even kidding, like fifty cars, like badly, <laughs> where the car every car is that's hit is like ruined, and I'm assuming people are like injured and. And then he gets back to the precinct and they're like, hey, man, I heard it didn't go that well. And Eddie Murphy's like, yeah, whatever, man, it didn't go that well. And, and then they're like, yeah, the, Paul Reiser is his friend. And he's like, hey, man, the chief's really mad at you about that. And he's like, oh, whatever. And it's like, he, get, he doesn't understand why the chief's mad. It's like, literally, you, you just were on a police car. You let this, you were in this police chase where like probably 50 people were killed. You know, and you're just... <laughs> Like, whatever, man, get off my case. Um, I mean, like, it, that scene at the beginning, it looks like the worst uh, police chase, the most damaging police chase I've ever, that's ever happened in the world. And he just kind of goes to his locker after. <laughs> He's just like, man, I'm really tired. Yeah, man. Oh, how'd the police chase go? Did you, did you bust it? Did you bust those guys who were selling cigarettes for $2,000? No, I didn't do it. I, instead, everyone got killed. Everyone in the city. Oh, cool. Oh, the chief's mad. Whatever. Then his friend dies. His friend gets killed. And then um, his chief's mad at him. Like, his, his friend gets murdered. And he gets, Eddie Murphy gets hit in the head. And he goes to, um, <laughs> the police are there. And Eddie Murphy's, like, icing his head. And the police chief at the scene where his friend was just murdered and he, he was just like pistol whipped. The chief's like yelling at him there. <laughs> and he's like, hey, man, I want to find out who did it. And the, and the police chief's like mad that he wants to find out who killed his friend. He's like, hey, man, just don't worry about it. I don't want you. Like, that's a big, that's a big trope in a lot of cop 80s movies is the, the chief is always mad at the, the cop in the movie for investigating the case that they're not assigned to. They're always mad about them not uh, investigating a case they're not assigned to. Like in Beverly Hills Cop, he's like, hey, man, you better not be looking into the case, you know? Because that was what happens all when he goes to Beverly Hills and, and they're like, hey, man, are you here investigating the case? No, man, I'm not investigating the case. Hey, you better not investigate. Is that how it works at jobs? They get mad when you, like, work overtime on your free time you try to like solve is like is that a problem where cops <laughs> on their off time trying to solve cases murder cases and then everyone's mad about it hey what are you doing man could you imagine that happening another job hey what are you doing what do what you what do you think like you're a plumber hey, what are you fixing toilets on your off time what is this bullshit you better not be fixing the toilet man Um, I think that's all I have. Uh, I was going to say a few things, uh, about Trump, but, uh, I might save that for next time. Um, one thing that's, I'm watching is, you know, democratic national convention. It's just, uh, I probably shouldn't watch it. It gets me stirred up. I get really mad. Um, I, yeah. One thing that's annoying is like, I just feel like he's so bad. I, I, it's amazing watching a democratic national convention. It amazes me the restraint that all the Dems have where they're just kind of like, you know, making the case, you know, to get votes, getting people to vote for them. And it's just, it's just, you can, you know, inside they're like, how, why the fuck do I have to convince you of this? Literally, this is like, if you went into a restaurant and the waiter was like, okay, there's two choices tonight. What you can have, uh, you can either have a hamburger or I can beat you to death with a hammer. Which one will it be? 
you know, that's, that's basically, you know, and they're saying, I don't, I don't know. I don't really like hamburgers. What kind of hamburger? A normal hamburger. Yeah. But I don't, I don't know. Like with ketchup. Yeah. Maybe the, I'm undecided. I'm probably just going to go vote for Jill Stein instead. Oh, okay. No, you can't do that. If you vote for Jill Stein, we'll still beat you with, with a hammer. Whatever. It's, this is my, pro, I'm protesting hamburgers. Um, the other thing that's really annoying is a lot of people are, you know, Republicans, like, you know, when they attack the Demo- Democrats, like, you know, you, you can't just be all against Trump. That just can't be all you are. It's just against Trump. You have to be for something. It's like, no, that's actually not true. That, that's kind of like if you uh, were talking to a firefighter and you're like, you know, you can't just be against fire and that's it. You have to be for something. You can't, your whole thing just can't be that you don't like fire and that you want to put out fire. You know, you can't just be against things. Yeah, no, we can. Yeah, that's, uh, that's what we, there, there's uh, a fire happening and we want to put it out. Yeah, but what are you for? We're for no, no fire. And uh, Bannon got indicted today, which um, <laughs> is kind of hilarious. Um, oh, no, this is another thing I want to say. The first night of the convention, they were interviewed. They had this woman on who was the daughter of this guy who got coronavirus and died and he voted for Trump. And she was saying that, you know, he regretted voting for Trump basically because Trump did nothing on coronavirus and, you know, he died. And uh, she's like, yeah, he really regrets voting for Trump. And I was like, man, that's, you know, you're a bad president. People, you know, usually people regret voting for you. It's for things like, oh, they, he raised my taxes or he lied about this thing. It's like, yeah, I regret it. Oh, why? Oh, because he killed me. Yeah, I thought that really was bad. But the other thing is like, I, I'm kind of tired. I mean, I feel bad for, you know, whatever. But like, you know, these people were fine. You know, I, I really regret it. It's just, I, I don't know. What, what was it about him the first time that you, you, you it just, it, it, he looked like a dumpster fire immediately. I don't, I don't know what finally like changed people's minds is what I'm saying. Like it wasn't like, um, I, I don't know what I'm saying with that. Basically that it just, it looked pretty clear that he was going to be bad at the job. And then people are finally like, oh, all right, I guess cause I died because of him. I guess that's not good. Um, Oh, so Bannon, he got indicted because I guess he started some GoFundMe for the border wall and he raised like $40 million and he, and he took the money. <laughs> but first of all, I love how the, the, um, the Mexico border wall thing is just never mentioned anymore. Um, no one brings that up, even though, I mean, I, I don't understand that because that's to me right there, that should be the, the house of cards that collapses on itself. That's, that's literally one of the main things he, he said over and over that Mexico was going to pay for the wall. And I mean, I, first of all, I knew that was never going to happen. I knew there wasn't ever going to be a wall, but he basically didn't do this thing. That was such an easily proven thing. He didn't do. And people who voted for him were just like, whatever. I guess they, people who voted for him didn't think he was going to do the wall either. And they thought it was funny or something. I, I, that, that's the thing I just can't wrap my head around. You know, I, I uh, because it's, it was such a blatant lie and he so clearly didn't do the thing and he just has no answer for it. That makes sense. And people are like, oh, yeah, I'm going to vote. There's still people who are like, yeah, I'm going to vote for him again. Yeah, he didn't do the things that he 
he said he was going to do at all. But I'm sure he'll do them this time. The second time where he doesn't even have to worry about being reelected, I'm sure he'll do the thing. He didn't do it the first time. Let's give him another chance. Um, and uh, oh, so yeah, I do think. And then Bannon, I guess, took the money for like plastic surgery. Which first, I don't. I was a plastic surgery for himself because what what is what has he gotten done? <laughs> what is a plastic surgery? I'm missing. He have fat stapled to his face. He went and he's like, "Yeah, can you um make yeah can you make me my hair look more greasy and disgusting? Yeah, can you take out some of this Botox that I had put in?" He just he he just looks horrible. Is my point. Um. So yeah, that's basically it. Uh, I have to go, and um, I hope you enjoy this. And uh, we'll be back uh, this week. We're uh, last exit to Brooklyn. We're gonna have some guests, and Alex and Eric will be with me. Um, okay, thanks a lot.